Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will help set up your business for the future with topics centered on the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. We'll focus on case studies and leading practices designed to move you to the next level. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. Welcome, 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 welcome. Those of you who've been listening to my shows for years knows the number of welcomes me, the number of guests I have today, and I've got four. Let's see what we're talking about today. And by the way, in case you don't know this, Deloitte has been recognized by SAP as the number one global partner. Follow Deloitte at Deloitte SAP, one word, and you can all spell that. Yes, Seth is giving a thumbs up there. You'll meet Seth in a moment. Our topic today is the Kinetic Enterprise, Evolving Amid Complexity with Kinetic Insurance. Keyword is insurance. We haven't talked about this, I don't think, ever on the Kinetic Enterprise. Enterprise. We've got a lot to say. So let me give you the overview. Then I'll ask my four esteemed guests to introduce themselves. So the insurance industry is under incredible pressure. I think we could have said that last year, the year before. We're probably going to say it next year. It is the truth. In addition to ongoing challenges from the COVID-19 crisis, <clears throat> excuse me, in- insurers face pressures when it comes to new regulations, always regulations, increased M&A activities, talent recruitment and retention like in any industry and cost reduction, all redefining the way business gets done today and tomorrow. For many organizations, these challenges are compounded by IT complexity, including aging solutions that pass data through a maze of convoluted repositories. That was a mouthful, but you can all imagine how it is, making processing overly complex and reporting difficult at best. Tune in today. You're here if you're listening to us live on the Voice America Business Channel as Deloitte insurance transformation leaders share their ideas and their insights that can help you in the insurance industry evolve in lockstep and disruption. I'm seeing some kind of an Irish dance there somewhere. (laughs) Using intelligent solutions to drive new insights and efficiencies with your data. And it's all about data today, we know that. You're gonna hear how insurers across all lines are addressing trends in finance, leveraging new business architectures, and unlocking value with the latest technologies. And we love to talk about technology here. Our conversation today will cover strategies for streamlining and automating financial accounting from the moment a business event occurs, and my guests will define a business event, straight through to close consolidation and reporting, known as CCR. I'm going to say, and somebody's going to get mad at me, CCR is not Credence Clearwater Revival in this situation. <laughs> there you go. I'm a drummer, and, and that comes up in a lot of music I play. It's CCR. Okay. Today, it's closed consolidation and reporting. Listen to that and remember it. Find out how built to evolve kinetic insurance capabilities can help your company gain a competitive edge with transformed reporting, reduced manual work. Isn't this true? We want this for every business and streamlined regulatory tasks for things like yellow, blue, green books, IF. RS and LDTI reporting. That's alphabet soup to me, and my guests know what that is. We're going to ask our four transformation analysts today. Raise your hand when I call you Mike Hamby. Welcome. There's Mike. Mike, wave hello. There we go. Rob Reed is with us today. Hello, Rob. 
We have Seth Hedlund, newcomer to the show, and our fourth panelist today is Michael Byrne. Hello, Michael. We're going to ask for their take on the Kinetic Enterprise evolving amid complexity with Kinetic Insurance. And everybody do a shout out to Hasmeen, who is with us. She is our showrunner at Deloitte. Hasmeen, thank you so much for setting this up. Let's go around the table. First up, Mike Hamby. I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Mike, please do me the honor of a little introduction. What do you do? What are you, what's your quick take on the topic and why are you here? Is this an exciting topic for you? No pressure, Mike. You kick this off. Go ahead, Mike Hamby. Oh, this is an extremely uh, exciting topic for me. Hey, hey everybody. Uh, Mike Hamby. I'm a managing director out of our Atlanta office. I've been with Deloitte uh, a little over 12 years, been doing uh, uh, finance transformation programs for the past 25, 30 years, mainly focused around SAP. Last 12 years or so have been completely focused around uh, financial services, especially with insurance. So we've been doing a lot of transformational type projects that we've been, uh, we'll talk about today and how that all is applicable to organizations uh, that we're going to talk about and cover today. Thank you very much. Nice to have you here. And let's go around the table. Seth Hedlund, you're up next, putting you on speaker view. Seth, who are you? Tell us and what's your excitement about our topic, please. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, this is uh, Seth Hedlund. Uh, I'm a managing director with Deloitte based out of our Tampa office. Uh, actually, a recent joiner to Deloitte, but uh, been in the industry for about 23 years, mainly focused on the IT side of the house. Uh, I grew up uh, in an insurance company, worked there for about 13 years, uh, Got cut my teeth on SAP there and uh, did several finance transformations, uh, learned a lot along the way, and then took my, uh, took my skills out into consulting and, and pretty much focused within financial services and, and mainly insurance uh, since then. And uh, just been really impressed with how far we've come in the last 20 years and how rapidly we're changing now in, the, in the, the cool technologies and cool processes that we're being able to apply now uh, in finance transformation and transformation in general. So very excited to be here. Thank you very much. And we're very excited to have you. Rob Reed is back. You were on, what, just about four or five weeks ago? And he loved it so much, he's back already. Rob <laughs> Reed, I'm going to say to you, which I say to returning guests, there might be, in your case, 9.4 people who don't remember you, oh. shame on them. Talk to those right. nine people, nine point, especially the point four, and remind the them what you right. do. Awesome. Go ahead. So I'm, I'm Rob Reed. I'm a principal out of Denver, and I lead two intersections within Deloitte's SAP practice. I lead both uh, financial services, of which insurance is part of that portfolio and, and the leading, leading uh, component of that portfolio. Um, I'm also taking over East Coast operations uh, this coming January. So uh, why am I excited about this show? insurers are facing just more and more complexity daily and and it's our role as consultants to to help technology make make good on the promises of the past and start to actually reduce level of level of cost to operate right reduce the number of hands in the pot and the manual processes that take place so super excited to help insurers start start to evolve to that next generation very much. And let's go to Michael Byrne. I, I want everybody to know we have a Michael and a Mike, and Mike can be very graciously agreed to go by Mike today, so I don't get confused. <laughs> so we have a Mike and a Mike. And Michael Byrne agreed to keep his full name. Michael Byrne, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. 
Um, hello, everybody. Mike Burns, Senior Manager out of the New Jersey office. Uh, 18 years of consulting in SAP, uh, focused on multiple industries, insurance uh, most recently in the last few years. Um, I'm passionate about making an impact, uh, about taking an organization and its process to the next level. Um, about I like the exploration, the discovery, and the change that come from projects and from financial transformations. So the, the insurance industry is primed for change, and I'm excited for all the transformations to follow. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Mike Hamby, I owe you an apology. You were on the same show in September with Rob Reed, and you were talking to those same, I don't know, in your case, maybe it's 9.5 people who didn't remember you. Mike <laughs> Hamby, will you forgive me for that? Absolutely. It's it's okay. And hopefully I did cover it with uh, those uh, 9.5, at least the 0.5. Anyway. I, th- I think you did. I think you both <laughs> did very, very well. So happy to have two reach out. We don't usually have people come back quite so soon. You must have had a good time. And so our newcomers today are Seth and Michael. And thank you both very much for adding to the panel. We have a full house today. Let's get started. So I'm going to go around the table. You've each graciously sent me a quote from a movie or a song or a TV fictional character. We don't do Einstein or, uh, or those kinds of quotes anymore or Twain or Churchill. We just do fictional characters or song lyrics. I'm going to read the quote you sent me and a little tiny bit of the background to entice our listeners to say, what? Or yeah, I remember that. And then I'll ask you to take about two minutes and explain why you picked that quote and what in the world does it have to do with our topic today? So Mike Hamby has picked a quote from Mike Baxter, everybody saying, who played by Tim Allen, last man standing American sitcom created by Jack Burdett for ABC, then on Fox, 2011 to 2021, 194 episodes. And Tim Allen plays the director of marketing for the Outdoor Man Sporting Goods chain store headquartered in Denver, Colorado. He's a married father of three daughters and a grandfather, and he supports traditional conservative values, which apparently almost got the show kicked off the air because he was too conservative. Mike knows that. Here's the quote. Let's be honest. If nobody's talking, then nobody's listening. If nobody's listening, nobody's listening. Learning. Wow, that's a heavy quote. Mike Hamby, how'd you find this one? I've always been a, a huge Last Man Standing fan and a Tim Allen fan. And this this quote really reminds me of, of how much verbal communication goes on every day and how much we have, especially in consulting, and how much learning we can really do from each other. And actually, I've had the privilege of working with the, the folks on this panel for a long time and have learned a lot from them. And I'm hoping that the topics today will really resonate with folks out there in the audience, and we all learn something from this call today. Thank you very much. So, so tell me about the particular wording in this. If nobody's talking, nobody's listening, nobody's listening, nobody's learning. So what we, how is this applied to our insurers today? Oh, we know we're hoping that the insurance industry is listening to the show and will hear it on replay if they're not listening early this morning. So <laughs> talk to me about the content of that quote. What does it say to us? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot of... of information that's out there and some of it's very relevant to to the industry i think there's a lot of regulation going on right now within insurance there's also a lot of transformation going on in the industry a lot of acquisitions so there's there's a lot of of transformational opportunities for these organizations so really thinking about that planning for that looking ahead and making sure that they're taking that into account with where they want to take the business and what they're looking to do with the organization is going to be key for them to optimize their overall operations and be profitable for the future. I think we could use that as a, a mantra or a slogan for Deloitte, the Kinetic Enterprise Radio, Mike, because we are talking, we hope people are listening, and we hope they're learning. Think about it, right? You have captioned 
what live radio and podcasts are all about. We're trying to share some information with people and hope that they listen and learn. And we're learning in the same time. So thank you very much. Seth Hedlund has a quote from Chuck Nolan. People are saying, who? Played by Tom Hanks. Well, that's a clue. The movie was cast away. 2000 American survival drama. Oh my goodness. In 1995, the story goes, Chuck Nolan, a systems analyst executive, travels the world resolving production problems at FedEx depots. I'm allowed to say that because that's the script of the movie. And uh, he is summoned to resolve a work problem in Malaysia. His cargo plane gets caught in a storm and crashes into the Pacific and on and on a raft, a deserted island, an uninhabited island, and all kinds of interesting things happen. The last scene is worth seeing the movie just for the last crossroads scene. Seth picked the following quote, I gotta keep breathing because tomorrow the sun will rise. Who knows what the tide could bring? Think of a man stranded. What a great movie. Seth, how'd you find this quote? It's beautiful. Talk <laughs> Don't to forget you. Wilson too in that one. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tell them what Wilson, tell them who Wilson is. <laughs> Wilson is a volleyball. <laughs> that Tom uh, that Tom was talking to all the time to keep himself sane. But uh, I, I really I, I like this quote a lot. And it's it's funny. My uh, one of my kids uh, just had uh, this movie as a school assignment. He had to write uh, a paper about it. And uh, I decided to watch it with him. I got very nostalgic uh, watching this movie. But I like this quote for a couple different reasons. Uh, first of all, I. Um, you know, to, to relate it to our topic, you know, transformations are difficult. Uh, transformations make you find out things about your organization that you really didn't know. You're, you're kind of uncovering the, the warts and, the, and pulling the weeds and things like that, uh, finding a lot of brick walls. Uh, but, you know, you got to keep breathing. You got to make a door in that brick wall and, and keep moving through. So I really thought that that part of it was, you know, very relevant to, uh, to what we're talking about. And then, you know, who knows what the title bring in? I mean, that, that's the optimism. That's, and and I, I see that now as, as, we, as we move through the years and how transformation is approached and the technologies we use, the, the thought processes we use to do it. It's, it's really changed a lot, and there's always something new coming in. Now we have artificial intelligence and, and, uh, and in-memory technologies that are making us so much faster. It's, uh, it's, it's always something new, and it's always getting better, and we're, we're able to do so much more uh, with what we have. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Thank you. The sun will rise. Reminds me of, of a song from Annie, right? The sun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> right. right? There we go. Maybe that was inspiration for that line. Thank you very much, Seth. Rob Reed has sent us a quote from a movie that's really popular for quotes these days. I'm not sure why. A Few Good Men, 1992 American legal drama film. I'll just leave it at that. And the quote is from base commander Colonel Nathan R. Jessup, USMC, played by the inimitable and iconic Jack Nicholson. What scenes from this movie? And here's the quote. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try and do, do a Nicholson impersonation, but I just want to yell it. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom I provide, then questions the manner in which I provide it. Ooh, Rob, how did I do? I said I wouldn't try, but how I was think, that? I think I think you did great. So so to, in order to in order to best leverage this quote, I want to take us out of the courtroom and I want to put us in a boardroom, a boardroom of a local insurer or a global insurer. And sitting across from the executive team is the CIO or the chief actuarial or the chief, uh, chief financial officer. And the CEO basically is saying, 
I need change. I need transformation. And the response very simply is, I have neither the time nor inclination for transformation. Uh, and don't question it, the, the way in which I provide my services. All to culminate in, I need transformation. You can't handle transformation. Um, so with, with that, I think, I think it, it, it speaks to, it speaks to the level of, of pressure I think that we're all under to perform just our daily jobs. And so as we think of what transformation brings, it's like taking a cruise ship and transforming it into a battleship mid-cruise, right? It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. And frankly, it takes a, the duality of how do we deliver uh, great operations on the daily and really aspire to tomorrow. And technology is what helps to bridge that gap. Thank you Exciting very much. Here, I'm, I'm glad, I can tell. I'm glad you brought up that other quote. <laughs> you can handle the truth. I have there looked, when I get these quotes I, from movies, I go out and find the clips on YouTube and watch the scenes. And that was such an amazing scene. Thank Maybe. you so much. And Michael Byrne has sent us a quote from The Matrix, one of our other favorite, most quoted movies. Agent Smith, played by the actor Hugo Weaving. This is a cyberpunk genre film. 1999 was the first one to 2003 and 2003, two sequels in the same year. American media franchise created by writers, directors, the Wachowskis and producer Joel Silver. It's a cyber cyberpunk story. That's a tongue twister of the technological fall of humanity where the creation of AI, talking about our artificial intelligence, led the way to a race of self-aware machines that imprison mankind in a virtual reality system, the Matrix, to be farmed as a power source. Evil, evil, evil. Let me get to the quote here. Michael selected this quote. Never send a human to do a machine's job. Oh, my. Talk about turning the tables. Michael, how'd you find this one? Talk to us. Uh, well, I, I thought it was kind of apropos because of the role that data has in our environment. And it's simple but effective. And not to side with the bad guys. But in today's environment, the complexity, the volume, the speed at which data comes at us, um, and the competitive advantages that hinge on your platform, you, you really need a machine to crunch that data. And that's the job that you want the machine to do well. Thank you very much. I wanted you to say a little bit more because I'm trying to tee up a statement here from Mike Hamby for our roundtable. So Mike Hamby, I'm putting your statement into the chat for you right now. Thank you all for your quotes. I appreciate it. Uh, this is an interesting topic. And what I didn't say in the opening that the writers at Deloitte didn't say is insurance is an industry that is does not make people happy because of look, look at how we are tied to insurance, right? It's something that we all have companies need. And it's a bet, isn't it? It's a bet. It's hedging a bet against something that's happening. So our conversation today is very important because insurance, the agencies, the industries, the business conglomerates that do it need to do it well. And technology is their friend. So thank you all for the really interesting quotes. Mike Hamby, let's go to your statement number two. This was something I mentioned in my opening, and I think this is a good place to start. You say regulatory compliance requires increasingly complex reporting requirements. I'm not going to get into the weeds on this one. You have a lot of great information in that statement. So Mike Hamby, I'm putting you up on speaker view. Please unpack this for us, and then we'll quickly go around the table and see what your colleagues have to say. Mike, you're up. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really around the whole regulatory compliance. There is, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, that there's there's a lot of of new compliance uh, regulation that's really coming out there. I think that a lot of the international 
insurers are having to deal with IFRS 17. There's in the in US GAAP, there's uh, LDTI or, or long uh, duration uh, target improvements coming along. And realistically, organizations have to uh, wrestle with that along with, like Rob was talking about, transformation. They, everybody wants to transform. Everybody has to comply with all these regulations. So it's really... I, the, the whole regulatory environment is all coming together with the transformation and, and, and it has to be synergized within an organization. And a lot of the uh, ways to get to this, re- deal with this regulation and this transformation is dealing it through, through data and dealing with it and optimizing it through ultimately through reporting. And really what we've seen, a lot of CFOs are, are trying to bring this data together and actually trying to make sense of all of this and one thing that we've seen with this regulation is actually is requiring uh, strange bedfellows, so to speak. It's requiring financial data and actuarial data to be pulled together into the same view. And being able to optimize that type of data and optimize those type of, of reporting requirements is, is really a challenge for organizations. So what we've seen and we're trying to optimize is really bring that together and see how companies can do that. One thing we have, uh, have seen as part of uh, some finance transformations uh, that are out there in the industry is uh, really leadership teams trying to take advantage of this regulation and regulatory reporting and use that for management reporting as well. So doing some kind of combination of leveraging this transformation environment that they have leveraging the regulatory compliance that they have to do and using that to ultimately manage the business. So it really does give them an opportunity to take all of these these pressures that are coming at their organization and use them effectively and actually optimize the organization as well. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table and get some comments, agree or disagree. And everybody, I'm telling you now, Mike is a very nice person. And he said it's okay to disagree with him. I'm, <laughs> that's for the benefit. Rob knows how this works. That's a benefit for our two newcomers. Seth Hedlund, I'm putting you on speaker view. Talk to us, agree or disagree. What do you think about what Mike shared? Seth? Well, I, I'm not going to hurt Mike's feelings. I, I, I do agree. Uh, I, I agree 100% with what he was saying. Uh, I will add to it, though. I think that one of the things, one of the, we'll call it a benefit of, of regulation uh, and, and what's coming down the pike at uh, insurers is it allows uh, firms that might be wrestling with the topic of transformation, whether it's gaining budget or gaining organizational commitment to doing a transformation, sometimes they can wrap uh, a regulatory requirement into a transformation and, and get, get, the, you know, get the whole organization behind it because they have to do that part then they get the benefit of that. The, the other side of it, um, as we come out of a, tr- a transformation that's, that's spurred by this, is there's a ton of rich data that is usable for other purposes. So, you know, when we start to, to dig into that, you know, not only, yeah, we've, got the, we've, we've tackled our regulation, we've, we've done our proper reporting, but now whether I'm an actuary or an accountant or a line of business manager, then I'm able to actually tap into this information down to a level that maybe never had before and, and do a lot more, gain more insights from the business. So it's, uh, yeah, regulation's not always fun, but, uh, but sometimes the, there's a silver lining around all of it that, you know, on both sides. We like the optimism of a silver lining. Thank you. <laughs> Rob Reed, talk to us. Agree or disagree with Mike and or Seth? You got your work cut out for you. Agree. I believe in corporate Tai Chi. Uh, so the the ability the ability to take the pressures and and energy that's flowing at you and and use it for a path to good um, and I think 
And I think if we if we if we think of that both in our daily lives and our corporate lives in the life of an insurer, um, really what this is about it's about it's about the insurance industry and hedging bets, right? And understanding that that um, life of events will will occur in front of both us as as individuals as well as uh, a corporate entity like a like a large insurer. And so really starting to hedge our bets, understand where we're going to place those bets, and and effectively self-insure on our future. And I think, I think the more that we can, can, you know, um, uh, see the energy that it's coming, coming at us, uh, dictate and understand how to use that energy as a, as a real force for good. Um, and really, again, sort of like being our own actuarials and understand where we want to go from a corporate perspective. It's that combination that can really be magic in the insurance industry, right? Because they're so good at creating these long-term perspectives, but we have to do that for ourselves um, and, and the corporate entity as well, not just for our insurance products. Very interesting perspective. I like the Tai Chi part. I like that a lot. Thank you very much. Michael Byrne, you're going to wrap up this round. What do you say to your co-panelists? Agree, disagree? Where are you on this? No, I agree. I think the, the regulations and the, the regulatory environment you know, requires that organization and that the introspective of your data and how you're organizing it. And a lot of organizations spend an extraordinary amount of time finding reports and data and content. Um, and it's that motivation that drives the change and drives transformation. So um, I think there's a a big opportunity and I think there's a a big need for it in the market. Thank you very much. Mike Hamby, you're nodding. Anything quickly you want to say back before we go to another topic, Mike? No, I think think it leads into some of the other topics that we have around true transformation and really how do you wrap that whole regulatory compliance in for good and and bring it to that Tai Chi uh, uh, reference that uh, Rob was talking about. There we go. Silver lining in Tai Chi. We learned a lot about the future of insurance. Seth Headland is up next. Seth, I'm looking at your statement number one. This is interesting. You say insurers, finance organizations are frequently too focused on the logistics of acquiring and processing business transactions, leaving little time to actually do the high value task of analysis. Seth, take us there, please. What do you say? Unpack that and then we'll go around the table. Sure. Uh, So actually, it ties right into, you know, it it dovetails right into what Mike was just talking about and and, uh, and getting our arms around the detail. Uh, I think, you know, one of the biggest uh, things that's happening in the marketplace right now is is a move towards a sub ledger offering within a finance transformation. So as, as, a, as you're analyzing a transformation for an insurer, they need to be able to have this focal point that brings together all of these different disparate systems, these policy administration systems, claim systems, reinsurance systems, commissions, all these other systems that are generating business transactions, just basically cash, cash transactions, and bring them into a place where they can, they can first of all homogenize them, make them consistent, because these, uh, the, the, an insurer tends to like to buy best of breed systems. They like to, you know, be, you know, find the best of everything, but that leaves an integration problem at the end when you're trying to communicate your cash transactions to uh, turn them into accounting in the general ledger. So bringing those into, uh, you know, what are now called sub-ledger offerings and and a lot of the the solutions providers are now uh, coming out with these allows us to bring them in and, and, and generate the accounting, summarize that accounting and, and post it to the general ledger. 
Uh, and it's, it's, it's got a lot of different benefits to it. You know, one of which is, uh, you know, when an insurer is buying a new uh, admin system or something like that, they tend to want to have to build a black box to create this accounting to send it on to their ledger system. And now they don't have to because they've got this rules engine that's sitting there in front of their ledger that allows them to uh, not only build the rules that, you know, determine the accounting based on, you know, say I've received premium, I need to turn that into accounting for a ledger. They have that, but they can also version it. And the, the uh, data that's required in there is very granular. It's usually down to the policy or even, you know, uh, rider level uh, where they're bringing in these, these financial transactions. So it leaves a, a wealth of information that they can actually start to report off of. So it's a super powerful um, tool set. Uh, it isn't easy to set up in the first place, but, uh, but it pays dividends uh, down the road as you, as you start to leverage it. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table. Good topic, Seth. Rob Reed, you're sitting virtually next to Mr. Headland right now. So go ahead, Rob. Organiza- insurance organizations today are buying the bright and shiny, right? They buy, they buy the, the, the next big thing, this, this you know, neat reporting tool or this very simple ledger. And, and the reality is, is finance is simple, right? Uh, the final accounting to what we do is simple. It's all the stuff... Um, uh, upstream that's hard, right? And so the problem with with our natural inclination is, as buyers in the insurance industry is, oh, I just need a simple finance solution. I need something bright and shiny and I need it now. And that's transformation. What, and what's missing is all the hard stuff. And so I would challenge, I would challenge all of our listeners, uh, whether in insurance or any industry is, is look under the hood, find the hard stuff, and let's focus on the hard stuff early to make the bright and shiny valuable. Um, it's exactly what Seth said. Upstream, we have multiple uh, products, right? We have multiple ways that this data gets brought into our purview, right? And what we need to do is we need to normalize that as quick as possible. We need to make sure that that all of this data becomes accounting relevant, tax relevant, treasury relevant, all within a single stop shop. And that, respectfully, everybody is complex. Uh, it's, it's not the bright and shiny. It's not what we're all going after because, because it looks good in the boardroom, but it's that level of, of, of consistency done right. That really enables the bright and shiny later. Thank you. So now we've got bright and shiny added to optimism and Tai Chi. I like that Rob, you're on a roll today. Let's go continue around the table next to Rob is let's see. We've got Michael Byrne. What do you think? Uh, I completely agree with Rob. Uh, I, he and I and I think Seth are probably living some similar scenarios right now with the upstream uh, being very messy with a very clean and shiny outcome as the desired goal. So uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity. I think that um, organizing that data is the real work because you, you have the objectives, you have the goals, you understand where you want to take it. Um, taking a hard look at all of the parts and seeing what sort of uh, invention or solution you can build from the parts that you have is where the magic happens. And I think there's a, there's a lot of excitement to that, but I think there's also a lot of work there. Thank you very much. Mike Hamby, you're sitting next to Michael. Glad I named you differently today. So Mike, Mike Hamby, wrap this one up. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with the, whatever they were saying. I think Seth and Mike hit on a couple of key points around it. They're, they're, everybody's trying to bring this all into one 
I, I view, so to speak. But I think the, the one important component of that is making sure you're using the subledger for what it's meant to do. There's different components of a subledger. Some is a part of an accounting rules engine. Some is to transform data. And also some of it is actually to have more like a data lake so that you can source data and maybe even ultimately put that data back into another location that's still used and part of that overall solution to use the, the a true reporting tool to be able to pull all that together. So making sure that you have and optimize the solution the way it should be used and not trying to force different components together is really key part of implementing that subledger properly. Thank you very much. Seth, anything you want to say back? This was your statement. Yeah, no, definitely. And and I, I liked how, how Mike added some some definite reality to to the situation. We do have to make some smart decisions as we're implementing these subledgers to do the, the right thing in the right place. Uh, because so often you can you can definitely fit a especially with IT, you can definitely fit a square peg into a round hole. It just doesn't always work well. Um, the the other thing though, I, I think that this allows us to do if you do all that right though, and I, I've used this so many times in my career as an example, is you turn those uh, administrators, those Excel spreadsheet jockeys, those uh, those IT folks that are getting data out all these different systems from the administrators, by automating this and putting, you know, some guardrails around all, all of it, it's, you're able to turn a lot of them into analysts and actually dig into the data. And I know that was one of the major points that that, uh, that was in my topic, but I, I think that that one, that's the end game of all of this is is to really be able to do more with what you have and not to do the, the mundane heavy lifting tasks of moving data around you know, the, the pushing tin of, uh, of, uh, of the IT industry of, of moving the data around, so. Thank you very much. Good starter for that round of conversation, Seth. I appreciate it. Rob Reed, I'm looking at statement number two from you. You say, here's a reality check. With between two and 10 trillion global transactions daily, insurers are swimming in disparate, or somebody say disparate data sources and products, automated, automating reporting. And here's where we get to something I mentioned in my opening. I think we need to level set, even though we're deep into the conversation, yellow book, blue book, et cetera, and driving daily business events into the GL general ledger, ensuring their consolidation, tax and treasury is the new standard. Let's talk about the books and the new standard. Rob Reed, you're up. Awesome. So I think I think this goes back to and and all of these are very much uh, I'd say complementary capabilities, right? So uh, what what Mike talked about, what Seth talked about, all of these are leading up and culminating uh, to this peak, right? When it comes to uh, yellow book reporting, blue book reporting, what what specifically does the future entail? Uh, what specific disclosures do we need to make, et cetera? It's 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 our ability to automate that flow and to start creating accounting relevancy earlier in the process. And, and so, again, hopefully you heard that in the last comment too. Business events come in, right? A new product is provisioned, a contract is created. All of these events occur upstream and they're all relevant to some of the most complex end state reporting across any industry, across our yellow books, blue books, LDTI, et cetera. It's, it's all of that data coming in that has to be made immediately relevant. And the more relevant we can make it, the further upstream, the more we can automate all of those inputs, right? And automate effectively what, what uh, uh, we have legions of actuaries, accountants, data analysts doing. 
So when it comes to when it comes to these pieces, I I, I think of of Mike's quote, right? Don't don't send the people to do the machine's job anymore. Let's work to to really redefine the way that we bring this data in, right? Let's standardize all of this and let's make sure that we have the accounting that's relevant for each one of these reports so that as we move forward in the future, uh, uh, you know, there's no there's no question or concern as to how this is being brought together. Thank you. And Rob, I just want, I need to level set. I'm looking this up while you're speaking. LDTI, for those of us who don't know, is long duration targeted improvements. Is that correct? That is correct. My my assumption is all, all of our insurance friends listening uh, not only know it, but they live it every day and they, they feel that, you know, they feel that pressure of, of LDTI, IFRS 17 weighing on them. And so hopefully we can, we can use all that, use all that pressure to uh, Tai Chi some diamonds. Oh, now we're into diamonds. And what is the yellow book? I know what the blue book is. What's the yellow book? Rob? So yellow, yellow book, yellow book. So all, every one of these book reportings are, are in effect um, a, a culmination of upstream, upstream, again, upstream process, upstream data to define where are we both today and then where are the specific targeted um uh, not only not only improvements, but actuarial facts to to define um, uh, what's a good way to put this: where the where where we've uh, placed and hedged each of our bets across insurance. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table and see who agrees and disagrees with Rob. So, sitting next to Rob, Michael Byrne, what do you think? I think Rob's exactly right. I think the the more you can distribute some of that pressure, the the bigger the diamonds you get. Um, so if, if you can get your organization and your architecture prepared for those business events, those changes to the economy, the environment, the customer base, the the regulatory environment, then you get you know better diamonds when you do your reporting and more accurate reporting. So uh, I, I think the, the proper planning, I think the architecture, leveraging those tools. Uh, and putting proper planning in place, you can really make some some magic in terms of how to get those reports and how to be prepared for the future, um, how to be flexible to handle IFRS and LDTI uh, and really kind of maximize your reporting capabilities. Thank you. Mike Hamby, you're sitting next to Mr. Byrne. What do you think? Agree or disagree with what Rob said? Oh, completely agree. I think I think you hit a couple of key points. One, you know, talking about the regulatory filings like, you know, the Yellow Book, uh, uh, blue book, th- those type of things. I- anytime that you can get consistency upstream, like Rob was talking about, you can automate the downstream. So making the more mundane filings of the regulatory reports and, and, and compliance with LDCI in the future and you know and IFR 17 is the you can actually set yourself up for success by doing exactly what Rob was talking about, making sure that you have the the detail captured up front and up up early in the process and making sure that data is consistent, then you can drive automation throughout your entire process, which really drives efficiency into the organization. Thank you, Seth Hamby. I'm sorry, Seth Hedlund. I got I'm combining <laughs> you all there, processes. Seth Hedlund, what do you think? Agree or disagree? I, I, I do agree. Um, I'll, I'll add on to a, a little bit of where Mike was going with this too, and in, in that a, a lot of these solutions, like these subledger solutions, are designed to integrate seamlessly with the ledger solution. So if you get this right, you're actually making your job easier. So if you're getting data in the door correctly and making sure that it's standardized and at the level of granularity that you need, you basically are setting it and forgetting it. And then you're letting it sit on those tracks and start to roll through the process 
have the transformation that's need, needed to be done to generate the accounting. And then it rolls seamlessly right into the general ledger. And it gets back to my original point of, you know, the administrators becoming the analysts. You're allowing them to not worry about that day-to-day process and you're actually focusing them on, you know, whether it's it's getting that regulatory report correct and getting it sent out to the regulators or better yet, doing management reporting and understanding where your business is at whatever point uh, you're, you're looking at it. Uh, you know, understanding the profitability of, uh, of, of your business. There's so much you can do with that information after you get it standardized because you're looking at it consistently across your line of business or your enterprise or, or what have you. Thank you very much. Rob Reed, anything you want to say back? Awesome. I got a, I got a few I got a few quick quick texts from from uh, some some friends listening in and basically they they said they said I wasn't being inclusive enough across insurance. So, I wanted to make sure to call out all of the all of the books, right, across the NAIC, right? Uh, in order to really like not focus too much on property and casualty, for example, right? Um, so, so again, whether it's whether it's like blue book for life, yellow book for property casualty, brown book for fraternal, orange book for health, salmon book for title. The the point is is that all of these computerized worksheets, right? But that thick stack of papers that lands with a big thud that brings together all of this. Um, uh, it's really up to us to automate the hard again. Back to automating the hard stuff and in, in bringing it together so that we can get the the important statistics out of these amazing reports. Right, really, really use them to to change the way that we're we're both insuring and reporting. Thank you. And the good news there, Seth, one second. The good news is that people are listening and they're texting you. Yay! <laughs> As a producer and host, that's good news to me. Seth, yeah. talk to us. What'd you say? I was just going to say, I'm a, I'm a life insurance guy, so it's really just the blue book to me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so much for being inclusive. All the, all the books. Lay, lay people who just pay for their insurance have no idea what this is all about. So I am, I'm very intrigued with the complexities behind the scenes. Let's squeeze in another topic here. We've got about 14 minutes left to the show. Michael Byrne, I'm looking at your fourth statement. This is interesting. You say financial services and specifically insurance programs require a specific set of skills. The planning, staffing, and execution require a unique focus. Let me stop there. Michael Byrne, take us through this. I don't think we've talked about the people. We're talking about the books mm-hmm. and the regulations and the complexity, the transformation, the data, 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 the Tai Chi, the diamonds, the shiny. <laughs> we got to talk about the people. Michael Byrne, you're up. Sure. Thanks, Bonnie. Uh, I, I guess I maybe should have gone with the Liam Neeson quote from Taken for this one uh, about special set of skills. But um, th- this is one where, you know, the intrinsic knowledge of the business as well as the upstream systems and from an organization, there's a special kind of knowledge, obviously knowledge, respective, excuse me, specific to the industry, but also the upstream. So some of these insurance organizations have custom applications or transaction processing systems where you need to know the ins and outs of that because they're they're built for purpose. Um, and I've seen some very interesting divergence in those applications. It's, you know, one's batch and one's transaction and you have oil and water that you try to mix together. Um, so really understanding what it is you're trying to accomplish, having that knowledge of the application. And this is for any organization doing the transformation. Your people are going to make it happen. I mean, the, the knowledge within the organization and getting the, the proper people engaged to have that knowledge is really going to make a, a transformation and a project work because you need to collaborate. You need to bring that knowledge uh, of the organization as well as, you know, we bring 
what the industry and what the the leading practices are, but there's the the special sauce that comes from within in a lot of organizations. Um, and you know you don't want to underestimate the effort needed to unpack some of those things. Uh, some of those things, it's the heart and the brain of the organization. So we talked about the subledger earlier, and the, the, the data is the blood and the calculations are the brain, and you, you basically have to put those two together. So that's the skill set that I'm referring to. It's the, the, the knowledge of the industry, but then the knowledge of the business. And it's the, the collaboration of those two things that gets you a really next generation platform. Um, you know, some of the, guy, the folks on the panel may disagree with the bespoke nature of some of the other applications. So like the bread and butter AP and uh, fixed assets perhaps maybe are a little more generic. I mean, there's a lot of standardization now with the tools and procurement and so on. But um, obviously you do need to make sure that you have the right focus, the right people and, you know, the special handling when you do your planning for the proper pieces of the program. We're all robotically driven. We still need the people. Let's go around the table. <laughs> Michael Byrne just opened up the possibility and the option for people to disagree with him on the panel. So let's see. You've all been given permission. The green light. Let's go around the table. Mike Hamby, you're sitting next to Mr. Byrne. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with him, but actually I'm going to extend what he was saying because I think that there, the people is a, is a vital ingredient to not only the transformation, but really, you know, running the, the, the business as usual operations. So, you know, a lot of times organizations go through these finance transformation programs to attract talent. I've actually done a project where one of the goals was to be a destination for top talent in the organization. So, having that as a mantra is really a key part of, of any kind of transformation. It's actually a retention uh, policy or retention mechanism for organizations because to, in order to get top talent, they don't want to come into an organization and do manual journal entries or do disparate uh, different processes or you know do manual you know, invoices in AP. They they want to take that for granted. They want to do the cool stuff. They want to do the analytics. They want to do you know automation, all of those type of activities. So having having you know what Mike was talking about. Making sure that you're using those folks to to uh, using the, your top talent to not only transform but ultimately be your future or as part of the organization and being that or taking your business to that next level. Thank you, Seth. You are next, Seth Headland. Talk to us. Agree or disagree with either or both? Well, I I, I have to agree, and and the people are so important uh, in in doing this, and and I I really appreciate Mike's perspective on on bringing in talent because. Insurance finance just by itself isn't that sexy, you know. It, it, need, it needs a little pizzazz, and uh, and it definitely would uh, would you know uh, benefit from from modernization and giving them that tools to make them the analysts. Just to keep my theme going, but one thing I will add on top of all of this is the the other ingredient to um, making a transformation successful is the sponsorship of of the project making sure that there is everybody is they're committing money they're committing time but are they committing the right time and are they making it making the folks available that are the brains of the operation that are the ones that are you know kind of de designing the future for the for the firm that that you know that this financial financial transformation is going to to drive are they giving them the appropriate time to do it and it's it sounds trite it sounds like an obvious statement but it's very frequently one of the things that we encounter as, as one of the big blockers. 
uh, is making sure that people have time. These people are all very busy. They're doing their financial closes and they're dealing with issues and mergers and acquisitions are going crazy right now. So they're distracted in all kinds of different directions. So this is a, it's a big commitment and it's important skills. Thank you very much. Let's go to Rob Reed. Rob, join us. Thoughts? Love it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a slightly different take us on a slightly different focus here. It's it's really one of one of a mindset change from the top, right? Regarding our people. Um, so so fully aligned with everything said to date uh, or on the topic. But but I think I think uh, in talking to leaders across the insurance industry, my challenge for all of us is remind your people it's okay to fail, right? Uh, across over and over again across uh, you know the insurance industry, we're we're afraid to fail. Right, uh, because by definition, we are actuarial in nature. We're always looking for risk. We're always mitigating that risk, and and that fear of failure is what's causing insurers to not be agile enough, to not be able to 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 move quick enough, or or you know zig and zag as as the market changes. And so, I would challenge all of us from the top. Let's look at a, let's look at more of an outward, more of an abundance mindset, and and be open to 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 building things in an agile manner. Right, where where we get something in today. Day that is incrementally better, and we continue to improve over time. And I think by doing that, all of our people benefit because they're not held to such a high insurance standard, if you will. Oh, interesting. Michael Byrne, this was your topic. Anything you want to say back? I'm going to squeeze in one more topic after you. Michael, go ahead. Um, I, I appreciate the input. Uh, I, I, I mean, the, the people are what make it work. So there you go. Thank you very much. We always try. I always try as, as a moderator to bring in the people, the skills, the, the human part of it. We, we get so caught up in the tech part and we forget that it's people at, the, at making this all work, putting this all together. So thank you for that. We have time for one more topic. Mike Hamby, I've gone back to your statement number three. I know you wanted to get this into the conversation. Great minds. Here we go. <laughs> Mergers and acquisitions. I even mentioned this in the opening, I believe. M&A, continue to change the landscape of the U.S. and global insurance landscape, understanding how to properly integrate financial systems is paramount to optimizing the cost structure and gaining optimum value from the acquisition. We've got six minutes left. Let's make this fast. Two minutes for you, Mike, and then a minute of comments around the table. Go ahead, Mike Hamby. All right. So, yeah, I, I want to make sure we brought this up because this is you know an evolving uh component of the insurance industry. And, and actually, when, they, when organizations bring or do an acquisition, they're looking to drive cost out of, of that acquisition. They're trying to optimize, they're trying to drive commonality. One way to do that is through uh, finance transformation or and is driving you know, synergy within the this, uh, the overall technology environment. I think that there's, there's really two ways to approach this that we've seen that, that I think we are worthy of bringing up here is, you know, one is you can actually set, you know, do a transformation in anticipation for these mergers and acquisitions and have your organization ready for that and actually have an open landscape and open capability to be able to absorb uh, companies as you do those acquisitions, or you can actually have transformation done as part of that acquisition. And we've seen both. And actually one interesting piece of that is trying to drive that optimization during an acquisition is really a, is a, is 
it's, it's a tough challenge to overcome. But there's, there's a couple of things that you can really get from that. One is if you do that, you actually can leverage some of the talents you're bringing in to, uh, to, to form the future organization and actually drive commonality. And you actually get better buy-in from that, organi- from that new organization because no one feels that they're just being, you know, they're taking over old processes or they're taking over an old system and trying to make that fit this new organization. So it really does change the dynamics of that new uh, that newly formed organization that has been merged together. So it's really, it's, there's different ways to look at this, but really what what the point around bringing this up was, if there's going to be ongoing mergers and acquisitions, looking at your transformational environment and deciding when to transform is key to make sure that you do get the value out of these acquisitions. Thank you. I, I think I would add, use use the pressure of the M&A to transform, right? Uh, again, back to that Tai Chi mindset. Um, there's so much budget, time, effort, visibility that goes into those M&As, right? That what, what better time to both set the vision for the future, right? As we prepare for the M&A and then leverage all of that attention to start achieving the future. We have to thank you, Rob. You you jumped in, and I'm glad you did. Uh, Seth, anything you want to say about this? And then I'll go to Michael Byrne, and then we're going to wrap up. Seth, talk to us. Yeah, no, I, I think actually the the way I'll I'll spin it a little bit is just to say that uh, doing a transformation uh, and and creating the the structure, the the business processes, having all the tracks laid actually can ease uh, a, a new M&A, whether it's the one that's happening right then and there or the one that's happening two years down the road, because you've built everything out, you know how to actually flow everything through. And it makes this, at least the finance piece of it, uh, a little bit easier because M&As are challenging and, uh, and anywhere where we can relieve the pressure is, is a good thing. It is a good thing. Michael Byrne, anything you want to add, please join us. I'm going to tack on to Seth's comments. I mean, the, the transformation and the data model design and all the planning that you do in a transformation can really make the integration of a, an acquisition or merger all that better or easier, smoother. Um, you know, it, when you're doing a plan like this, it, it's like building a house. You, you can have an open floor plan or you can be all boxed off. And, you know, it makes it easier to put an extension on if you do it right. Oh, very interesting. We've had so many metaphors today. I've lost track. We could have written a, we could write a book from this or a blog or a used used to be a, a white paper, right? No more. It would be a blog post about all of the metaphors of, of moving forward with transformation and new technologies and great skill sets, finding the shiny diamond and moving ahead and making the insurance industry tick and flow the way it's supposed to be we have about a minute and a half left so rather than go well you know what let me just ask a quick question around the table one two three four a yes or a no will we still be talking about this one year from today with the same perspective or will things have changed just a yes or no mike Camby. yes Ooh. okay seth headland i think it's going to get better i think there's going to be new stuff okay interesting rob reed one year, we're going to definitely be talking about it. In 10 years, though, the those who get it now are, are going to have uh, taken over the market and eaten those who forgot. Interesting. Okay. Michael Byrne, last word. Yes. Yes, we'll still be talking about it. <laughs> Thank you. Husband told me that you all, all work on the same team at Deloitte, and I can tell the energy is wonderful, the camaraderie. I think you even still like each other after an hour of talking to me. <laughs> and I want to thank, Rob, do you want to do a shout out to whoever texted you real fast? Anybody you want to name? Oh yeah, thank, thanks to thanks to Raj Shivangari for, for, for uh, reminding me to be more inclusive across all of our insurers. 
There you go. Thank you very much. I want to say thank you. Shout out to Aaron Keller, our engineer. Everybody say thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron, our engineer at Voice America Business Channel. Thank you so much to my four wonderful, wonderful panelists. Mike Hamby, nobody will ever forget you after this. Seth Edlund, (laughs) welcome to the fold on the Kinetic Enterprise. Rob Reed, always a pleasure. And Michael Byrne, glad to have you on board. And Hasmin Bolianos Flores, thank you so much for being our showrunner. She does such a great job. Natalie Butlin and Maria Rechtenwald also at Deloitte. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Everybody have a great day. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you again soon on Deloitte, the kinetic enterprise built to evolve. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Thanks all. Thank you for listening to the kinetic enterprise built to evolve presented by Deloitte. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Deloitte can help you reimagine everything in order to get the most out of your SAP investments and position your business for tomorrow's demands. Learn more at Deloitte.com SAP. This program is copyright Deloitte Development, LLC. All rights reserved.